0: hello and welcome back to drunken book club I am your oh my head's about to freaking explode Rupal,
1: joined with just waiting for that ear infection because I put candy next to my newly pierced ears Sam what they were putting the gummy worms into the earrings were they bu- I don't remember that yeah they're put they're making jewelry quote unquote out of okay. the gummy worms gross uh,
0: and uh, <laughs> on this episode of drunken book club, Reread the book, The Mysterious Matter of I Am Fine, as recommended to us by Spongy. Spongy! Uh, It is also written by Diane Stanley. I've been meaning to make sure we say who the author is, because I feel like we miss that a little too often. So, there we are. Sam, before we get into this book, I got the weirdest ad on Twitter. Oh? It it was for a company called Vor. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Do they know what that means on the internet?
0: I don't know, because it's for a barbecue bag. Like, you, you put, like, veggies and, like, shrimp and shit in there, I guess. I don't know. I blocked them, because I block all advertisers on um On Twitter, just on to Twitter. fuck with it. Just to fuck with it, in all honesty. But that one was just weird, because it's bore. Uh But Did- speaking of ads, I know we, we, we both play um phone games, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know how, like, some of them will be like... If you have an IQ of 150, this is no problem.
1: Oh, yeah, it's one of those, bet you can't do this. I
0: don't know why, but earlier today, I just went to myself,
1: mm, You don't have an IQ of 140!
0: You're stupid! You can't play this game! Mm. <laughs> like, I just imagined it with Lemon Grabs voice.
1: No, that, that's definitely... Mm, stupid! Well, and I also love the fact that, like, the IQ thing moves, like, so quickly. Yeah. When one IQ is... Only a very specific thing of how they test it. Yeah. Which is definitely rigged for more, like, white, middle-class... Mm, not white! Stupid! <laughs> <laughs> but it, do- it usually doesn't take into account other smarts.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's it's a very... It's, it's not a good, good Also,
1: high IQ isn't necessarily always a blessing. Yeah. Like, there are some, like, Mensa-level people, like, super high IQ in my family. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching, I apologize for saying this. We've talked
0: about this before.
1: But, yeah, they are... They are not the most well-off in the way of life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because
1: okay, back you to smart for your own good kind of thing.
0: <laughs> back to the book. We've talked about this before. I think on a drunken book clip as well, <laughs> which is sad. But yeah, we read The Mysterious Matter of I Am Fine. Sam, what were your first impressions of this book? What did you think before even cracking this book open?
1: Based on the cover, I thought it'd become like jump, the gummy worms coming to life or something. <laughs> Because they're just, like, crawling out of the book.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty much what my impressions were. It was, I have no clue what this book is based on, the cover. But if I had to guess, it's about two kids who find a book that spawns living gummy worms. And they're like, we need to find who wrote it. And it's this I Am Fine person. Also, fun fact, I remember seeing this book at in middle school. In the library. Because, you know, I don't know about you at your middle school. But, like, the librarian at my middle school would put, like, books on, like, on top of the bookshelves and be like hey, this is something I recommend kind of thing. And this was one of the books I remember being up there.
1: I don't remember because, yeah, it's just been long enough. And... Yeah,
0: it's it's just this cover. It's, this cover just brought up that weird memory. Also, we forgot to talk about what we pre-gamed on. My bad. Mine's so, really... Sam, what'd you pre game on?
1: Mine's really short of a margarita that Chris made. Yeah. It was good and had a gummy worm in it.
0: Yes, I used blue curacao instead of triple sec to give it a nice blue glow. It is not the picture I posted on on Twitter. That, that was my top terrible drink. So, I pre on is two... What are these called? Hard Mountain Dews. Uh, zero sugar ones. Because those were all the ones they had at the uh, Total Wine I went to. Because that shelf was bare except for two cases of the zero <laughs> sugar ones. And I was just like, fuck it. I'll take it. Because, like, I want to try it. And I, I actually like Diet Mountain Dew a lot. I was going to say, you don't mind, like, zero sugar stuff. I think it tastes pretty good, honestly. Okay. It's, it's, it's a good replacement for not your dad's hard uh mountain ale. It has a hyper sweet note to it to me. I don't think it does, personally. I don't know. Maybe I'm I've You're I've, also
1: used to the diet taste.
0: Fair, I'll give you that one. And then I also pre gamed on what the book described as a gummy martini, my little black book, but I, I kinda switched up the recipe a little bit. So if you want to make the gummy worm martini at home, uh you put it inside a shaker with ice you put three ounces of citrus or orange vodka, which we didn't have. We only had plain vodka, but we had orange juice, which that'll come back later, though. Uh, then you do a splash of apple schnapps and a splash of pineapple juice. And shake it up, pour it into a chilled cup. There you go. There's your your classic martini. But we didn't have a lot of the ingredients for this one. I actually did go out and buy apple schnapps because we did not have apple schnapps.
1: Um, you like the apple schnapps you got, though?
0: I did. I got some really good one. I got a really good one. Um, I don't know what it's called. Maybe I'll put it in the editor's note here. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) But what I put in was, instead of three ounces of vodka, I just put one and a half ounces and about a quarter ounce of Blue Curacao, so that would kind of replace the orange uh, of the vodka, with a splash of apple schnapps. I should have put a little bit more apple schnapps in there for flavor. And then I put a, I'd say about half ounce of um, pineapple orange juice in there. Or maybe a little bit more. Shook it up, poured it into the cup. That's the picture that's on the Twitter that I posted on as of the 28th of April. So if you want to go back, you can probably see that cup and the book. And me being like,
1: "Mm, this is what we're we're doing tonight. Mm, We're so fancy.
0: I don't know why I keep doing that voice.
1: I don't know why either. Um,
0: but that tasted awful. It looked really cool.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it looked really pretty. It was a
0: really pretty drink. It just tasted awful. Because, yeah, it's just mostly alcohol.
1: And you are are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, cup.
0: Yep, in my in the cup I got for my work. <laughs> uh, which we still haven't seen, but we're probably going to watch it on uh, Monday. I mean, we don't really go out on Fridays because we're recording or doing something else. But
1: it's insane. Woo!
0: So, and then I, I'm currently nursing another hard Mountain Dew. I might even be like, Sam, go get me another one while I'm, doing, while I'm reading these notes. Yo, bitch, give me another Mountain Dew. I gotta, I gotta game hard. <laughs> I gotta game hard on. Okay, so we talked about our pre-games. We talked about our first impressions. Let's talk about this cover. We have two photorealistic kids in the background. One is a boy staring at the audience with buck teeth like an American girl doll. <laughs>
1: You I took d- that for me, didn't you?
0: Yes, yes. I've, well, you didn't describe the cover as that, but you just <laughs> did describe a boy as having buck teeth like a buck, as as an American girl. Because it butt. literally
1: was like, the the dolls yes. all looked like that and he had those same teeth.
0: Yes, and I use that insult because it's funny. The other is a girl staring at a cartoonish book in the foreground, and the book is spawning gummy worms from it. Hence our drink of choice. Obviously. Uh, so let's get into this one unless you have anything else
1: to say, Sam. I don't have anything else.
0: All right, chapter one. Let's go ahead and read this one in its entirety, Sam. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to force Sam to read two pages.
1: <laughs> a few years ago, I made up a game to play with the packing box boxes. It is called Find the Treasure. The twins and I would pick something familiar, like the egg beater, say, or the candlesticks. That would be the treasure. Then while mom and dad were unpacking things and putting them away, we would start madly opening boxes trying to find it. Whoever found the treasure first got to pick the coolest bedroom in the new house. Of course, since Mom and Dad were under the impression that we were actually helping them unpack, they expected us to do things like take dishes into the kitchen, not just pile them on the floor and move on to the next box. Cool kids. This provided an ad challenge. The next time we moved, the idea just popped into my head that it would be a lot more exciting if instead of a treasure, it was a bomb. And and if we didn't find it in time, the whole house would blow up. So we frenzied trying to save the family from annihilation that we broke a couple of things that our parents got really annoyed. After that, we quit playing the game and just helped them pack like normal kids. Normal kids, that is, who move a lot. Still the idea of a time bomb hidden among the packing boxes with their innocent labels – kitchen, bed linens, toys – haunted me. Later, after everything that happened, I remembered the game and wondered what had put the idea into my head and why it had stayed with me so stubbornly. It was almost as if somehow I knew, way back when, that that was going to happen. Now. I know this sounds really mystical and off of the wall, and I apologize about that. And of course, if you want to be absolutely literal about it, the whole "I am fine" sorry, <laughs> the whole "I am fine" thing wasn't about bombs at all. But once you've read the story, I think you'll understand. It was just a different kind of time bomb in a different kind of package, but it was every bit as dangerous as the real thing. And just like in the game, time was running out. Well, you'll see.
0: I I figured that's a good way of opening up the book in this episode, is just reading that chapter. So chapter two. So we learn about the moving. The protagonist's father is a consultant for a community college and helps them reorganize their programs. So that's why they move around so much. We also learn that the mom translates German books to English. So her job is easy to move from. Uh, The kids don't like moving all the time. Hashtag mood.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's fair
0: have you ever known a kid who had to move all the time or, or like met that one kid
1: yeah i had a friend in my friend in middle school named sam really i told you about sam right i vaguely remember it so like it was that we had to go to the stupid thing in like f- between fifth and sixth grade where it was like the get used to middle yeah. school and we're both I, wish I did that and we both like sat there and we're just like awkwardly sitting there knowing no one because yeah and then they were like the ca- the counselor who is a little weird like I think most school counselors are weird.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's not one. I mean, I, I hate to say it, the one at uh, Dodge, she was a cunt.
1: He wasn't. He was just like she. Tra-
0: she expected so much from everybody.
1: He just kind of gave the uh, what was it? Lemon grab and Billy and Mandy, the principal vibe. That's not lemon
0: grab. That's fucking Adventure Time. No, um, good vibes. Good vibes. I don't principal know. Principal good vibes.
1: I think because of the scurvy episode. I think of lemons with him. <laughs> but fucking, he had good vibes. Vibes. Yeah. And he was like, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Sam. And she was like, I'm Sam. And he's like, two Sams.
0: Two Sam. Look, two Sam. Same Sam. Two of them. Two of them.
1: <laughs> and then we became friends because we both like things like Neopets and... Stuff like that. And, like, video games and stuff. <clears throat> and then she moved away, like, three quarters into sixth grade. Oh, fun. So.
0: Cool. I did not know
1: any military kids, honestly. I knew one kid, but I basically told her to blow it out her ass. Because <laughs> she was like, "The my mom's picking me up my mom shut the fuck up about your stay at home military mom yeah fuck off
0: so we finally find out our setting is a suburb outside of baltimore and we're at the beginning of the new school year we learn that our protagonist doesn't go out of their way to make friends but stays in plain sight by reading a book until someone comes over to talk about it this leads us to dede the popular girl in her class who is a stereotypical mean girl One day, it's raining, so everyone has to eat inside, so our hero must eat near Dee Dee and her friends. She does her best to ignore them, and someone else sits across from her. A tall boy from her class, who is very tall, and is named Beamer. I like how I mentioned how tall he is double times there. We also learn our hero's name is is Franny, finally, on page fucking 11. We did not know her name until page 11. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful book. I
1: actually looked a couple times and was like, wait, am I missing it? Yeah, I was like, I had to keep looking because I was like, did, did I miss it or something? Well, because she was also talking about like her her brother and sister, Zoe and JD.
0: Yes, which we'll get to soon. Uh, they talk a bit and Beamer asks what Franny thinks about the jelly worm fad. She's unaware of it until she spies Didi and her friends giggling and playing with the jelly candy. Franny is perplexed by this mystery. Chapter 3 That night, Franny is having dinner with her family. Zoe, her sister, is running late, but when she gets home, she begs mom to take her to the grocery store to buy jelly worms. We learn from J.D., Franny's brother and Zoe's twin, that the kids are going wild about jelly worms because of a book called The Worm Turns. (laughs) Terrible title. Yeah. That's a terrible title. I don't care what anyone says. Where jelly worms come to life and destroy Cleveland. Eh, it's, it's, it's earned. Uh, it's the new Chillers book, and if it's in one of the books, it's the new cool thing. The Chillers books are pretty much goosebumps in this universe, written by an I am fine who pumps out four or five in a year. And I all I have to say to that is, you call that impressive?
1: <laughs> also, I was like, it took me to I literally put um, took till page sixteen to realize Chillers goosebumps. I am fine. Are oh, it took you I... that long? Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's even commentary that they play out the same with the same kind of fake out scares throughout the series, and this made me cackle. That's one of my notes. Franny used to read them, but they gave her nightmares. Some good exposition happens here. <laughs> Chapter 4 The Jellyworm Fad fades away around November, and around the, that time, Mrs. Lamb, Franny's teacher, is assigning her class a book report. She expects them to read something a bit more highbrow. And gives them a list of 20 books to choose from. I'm kind of curious what the 20 books are. She cause... said
1: Newbery Award winners. Yeah. So I'll bet you probably missed a bunch of Shiloh. Yeah.
0: Shiloh's on that list.
1: So yeah. probably a bunch of those. Yeah. David Copperfield was the 6th grade one. Sorry to give away that. Yeah. To jump ahead, but... Or the, like, advanced <laughs> the one. The advanced the, one. The bonus. They're in 6th grade. The bonus one. Yeah. So probably some other, like, classical, but maybe not as heavy. Yeah. I don't maybe know Maybe, like, Treasure Island. Yeah.
0: This treasure island isn't that heavy.
1: This isn't heavy, Doc. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: ha- hands shoot up to ask if they can read the new Chiller's book. Mind wave. But Mrs. Lamb is like, nah, bitches, grow up. There's also a twist with the assignment. You have to have a buddy to read the b- same book with. Obviously, Franny chooses Beamer, and the book they choose is David Copperfield because it's the book that will net them extra credits. Beamer only accepts this challenging book because Franny will read it to him. They meet up at Beamer's house, and he has five doggos. Cute. Yee. Both kids really enjoyed the book and are sad when it's over. Also, there's a literal page, or maybe even two pages, describing the plot of David Copperfield in this book.
1: Like, roughly. It doesn't really do it in detail. It's just more like... It's,
0: it's still two pages worth of this book. Oh, yeah. This is a 200-page book, and it spends its time explaining David Copperfield to us. And I don't think it's good... It's not like it's trying to... I don't I mean it's not like it's giving us what's called like foreshadowing, is it?
1: Not really. Yeah. Like other than one specific thing, but yeah. not the hu- there's not huge parallels in the plot. Yeah. Chapter five a virus was going around. The only
0: symptom was a painful headache that wouldn't subside for days. It was taking over the school and other schools as well. Franny and Beamer never got sick from it. One day, Franny sees her brother reading the chillers book, Mind Wave, and a couple hours later J.D. is screaming and crying in pain over a sudden headache. He claims it feels like his head is about to explode. I know this feeling, buddy. I suffer from migraines. I'm gonna say I've had that before. Franny realizes that's what Zoe has has had said when her headaches had started. When uh, she asks J.D. if the story has exploding heads, and he's he's like, "Yes." Now leave me alone. My head's fucking exploding, bitch. She has a so- shocking realization. She thinks the books are causing this pandemic of the mind. She calls Beamer to tell him of her discovery. Beamer doesn't believe it. So the next day Franny starts asking kids if they read the book and if they got the headaches. Every kid who said they read the book said they got the headache, while those who didn't didn't get the headache. Uh, well, uh, Franny takes her findings to Beamer and he still doesn't believe her. It's just too fantastical of an idea for a book to cause this. Beamer is like, why don't you read the book and find out? So Franny does. She ends up getting the sickness and Beamer still doesn't believe her. Because, you know, fuck you for trying to believe this shit.
1: To quote her, to quote Bart Simpson, Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.
0: Chapter six. No one believes Franny and her wild theories about wind wave. Also a terrible title for a children's book. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm like a... Would you read this if this was a Goosebumps title? Mindwave?
1: Wouldn't be my first pick up.
0: Grain juice. Would you read Brain Juice or Mind Wave?
1: Brain Juice.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Brain Juice. She decides to do some research on the author I Am Fine and can't find a single thing about them. She asks the librarian why there isn't anything about them, and the librarian theorizes that there may be just one sing there may not be just one singular author for the series, but under a collective pseudonym of I Am Fine, like how Nancy Drew was written. This I puts- learned. That's something I learned as well. That Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys are a what's it called a collective pseudonym for uh, for for those books. Yeah, this puts Franny's theories at a dead end and puts her at ease until the snake incident. <laughs> Chapter seven. That March, the new Chiller's book, "Sinister Serpent Surprise," is released. A weird event happened related to the book. One warm March day. Mrs. Lamb has set up some math problems for the kids to solve at the board. And she calls on, Didi, you fool, why can't you answer these? Uh, To solve one. Didi struggles and Mrs. Lamb helps her. In the middle of it all, Didi suddenly starts hissing like a snake and then got on the floor and started slithering like a snake, her, her dress rolling up, her panties being revealed.
1: Like it literally says that in the book.
0: <laughs> that's why I said it.
1: I'm just it's pointing, pointing that more out. Graphic, graphic sounding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just pointing out to show that you're not a creep to like a sixth grader. Like she does this in the book.
0: Yeah, that, it that literally says it. So like, I just had to say it like that. The teacher asks someone to get the nurse. Franny offers before Franny can make it out. A boy named Jonah also starts acting like a snake. Franny rushes down the hall to get to the nurse's office. As she does, she hears hissing coming from all of the classrooms. Franny makes it to the nurse's office and we find it's filled with writhing,
1: wriggling children. Which is also a weird, weird thing to say, like the phrasing is weird.
0: Writhing, wriggling children. Seeing that the nurse is busy, Franny tries the principal. The principal is having issues with a student who is also slithering about. Franny demands the principal calls 911.
1: One of the students is trying to war another one, just like stakes.
0: So she does and evacuates the school. <laughs> it is pure bedlam. Which I really like the term bedlam. Yeah, It was was a good explanation of what happened here.
1: The saying snakes will just eat their thing whole. I I mean, not all snakes are cannibals. No, I'm not saying the cannibal aspect. I'm saying like the just like eating a... The kid wasn't eating
0: a Christmas tree like a nightmare before Christmas, Sam. And a fat kid wasn't screaming at it. Actually, no, I don't think the fat kid was screaming at the snake. Which kid was screaming at the snake?
1: He was running from the duck, wasn't he?
0: That's what it was. The vampire I think things? it was the Asian kids who are screaming at the snake one, right?
1: I don't know. I They're... don't remember.
0: <sighs> it's, it's it's not Christmas, so I don't know. Oh, sorry. It's not November, so I don't know. That's when I watch it. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm hip. It's a fucking Thanksgiving movie, motherfuckers. Chapter 8. This motherfucker, Jack, is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Chapter 8. <laughs> Franny walked home alone When she gets there, she realizes this has to be related to the new I Am Fine book. Beamer calls and reluctantly agrees with her that it probably does. Franny then gets a call from her mother saying Zoe is with the other kids in the emergency room. JD and Dad get home and Franny turns on the TV. While flipping through channels, she sees a news report about the snake situation. It doesn't matter what channel she has it on. It's on all the news channels. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I made a 9-11 joke, but they do reference that it has nothing to do with terrorism, and even bring up the idea that Iraq sprayed America with Ebola. Then again, this book was released a month before 9-11. Oh my god. August 1st, 2001 was this book's release. Oh my god. This this book really shows a good view of the American perspective of nine of pre-9-11. It has this fearful tone that something could happen, but of course it hasn't.
1: <laughs> I will say the crackpot theories, though, as someone who works in the health department, yeah. and people doing the, like, this is spread by bullshit mm-hmm. thing, does check out. Yeah. And the CDC doing, it's trying its best, but also not doing near enough is also... It doesn't know what to do.
0: Yeah. In all honesty.
1: Yeah. Sam, can you get me another beer? You mean a Mountain Dew? Oh, please! I'll get you another I suck your deal. titty! That was... I suck your
0: titty, After about a minute, Sam finally gave Chris the Mountain Dew that he so much desired. They then discussed for another few minutes why they'd never go to the fair, because his mother had texted him, asking, had he gone to the fair yet? As they don't normally go to the fair, he was sad about it, and lamented. Ooh, and did he lament about not having a very sweet taco? Chapter nine. Franny is a woman on a mission. She, along with Beamer and JD, are trying to get in contact with the mysterious. I am fine. They try contacting their publisher and even try looking them via looking them up via the internet. Ooh, internet but nothing comes to fruition because they're distracted by new grounds they do get a better uh, sorry they do get a letter back from the publisher that's pretty cut and dry and tells them nothing about i am fine but they do learn what the next t- book title is for the chiller series the ghost of c- 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 creepy <laughs> i'm a dog <laughs> I
1: was going to say oh, hello. are you one of the five doggies you <laughs> five dogs? Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: They decide maybe they can find something else uh, out about I am fine at the library and they head there. They have JD check all of the old chiller's books to see if any of any have a blurb about the author. Also it's uh, uh, just to
1: keep him busy too.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The other two have like have the librarian show the kids some reference books about authors and they peruse through them. They find nothing from these books and go back to JD. J.D. has all the books laid out on the ground, and they help him clean up his mess. J.D. then tells them of his discovery. He knows that I.M. lives in Wimberley, Pennsylvania. Sam, did you look up if Wimberley is real? No. It is. Mm. No, I didn't look it up. <laughs> okay. you want to look it up right now? <laughs> you can if you want. I don't really care. I'm going to look it up. He found it in a book in the back of a random horror book called Ghost Walk that predates the Chiller series. I believe Ghost Walk is a song by, um, uh, uh, Patty, oh, God, pa- Patsy Klein. no, not Patsy Klein, no, uh, oh, why am I forgetting her name? No, that's Ghost Dance, I'm thinking Ghost Dance, okay, ignore me, I'm not, I'm not.
1: There's one in Texas.
0: Okay. Franny realizes that she knows this place. It's where the Cute Candy Corporation is located, the place where the jelly worms are produced. Uh, those are, that's what's all case, by the way. It's also, I don't know why I said that's it's, it's KKC, which I think is so weird.
1: Yeah, um, I get why they didn't want to make it all K's. Yeah,
0: right? no, but
1: why make? Why not just make it triple C? Yep.
0: Cute Candy Corporation with tre- three C's just makes more sense than KKC.
1: C. It's like they were like K, let's do all alliteration. Oh no, let's not.
0: The, 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 you what? <laughs> yeah. It's also located near where Beamer's grandparents live. Mm, coincidence? Yes. Chapter twin. 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 Chapter Twin. About a week after school got out, Beamer is going to Harper's Mill, Pennsylvania, to visit his grandparents. Franny is allowed to come along. This is all a ploy for her and Beamer to sneak away and try to find I am fine in the next town over. Beamer is reluctant to go with her plan, but not immediately. He wants to go swimming first, which, I mean, hey, dude, Man. mood. Sam, did you get that one email from the apartment? No. Oh, my God. They sent an email. Okay, this is staying in because it's fucking funny. They're, oh, God, they, people were fucking in the pools at the apartment. <laughs> and they're like, folks, you
1: cannot be fucking in the pools. Which is fair, because it's a public, like. No, it's, it's against the law. You can't yeah. be fucking in public. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like. That's a fair thing to say, no, you can't do that, because it's literally against the law, yeah. and it's not... And there are fucking cameras over the pools, people. There's also children fucking yeah. all over the place in this apartment.
0: Even if you do it at night when there's no children or whatever.
1: It's still illegal, for one thing. It's still illegal.
0: But yeah, yeah, I'm so... Oh my god, I'm <laughs> oh so sad god. you didn't see that email. <laughs> I did. I got that email, and I was just like, oh my god, are Maybe you real? Maybe I just didn't check it yet. It's it's fair, it's fair. You could have missed it, because, I mean, we we get a lot of emails... From our, from our amazing fans. That's a lie.
1: Oh, no, I found it.
0: Oh, yep, there it is. What, what's the first line? Go ahead and read it. Read it to the folks. So, I'm
1: not going to say the shadow, the apartment, just because. Yeah. But it's come to management's attention that inappropriate behavior is occurring at the pool area. Please be aware, under Arizona law, number, number, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It criminalizes public sexual indecency in Arizona.
0: Yeah, that's all you need to read, Sam. People be fucking at our apartment complex in the pools. Even we're not that sad.
1: No. Like, yeah, it's like, don't...
0: I mean, I'm just saying, the thrill of fucking in public is pretty amazing.
1: But it's also, like, not where kids could easily... No. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, there's literally, like, for glass is, doors right for next what door. What is worse?
0: That area is, like, the, uh, what's it called? The one run room and, um... What's it called? The one room and studio area. So there's probably less kids.
1: That doesn't mean there's no
0: kids, though. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying that we need to be go fucking, but Sam, stop fucking by the pools. Fucking Fuckin slut. Fucking all the randos. Stop, stop fucking randos while I'm away. I gotta be watching. I'm a cuck, you know? <laughs> oh! Didn't we just, oh wait, that episode doesn't exist anymore. We're the cuck, cuck dating show.
1: Oh, yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah. Nope. Sorry. If you're on our Patreon, patreon.com slash drunken book club, you can find this episode.
1: me fucking <laughs> waste Ooh, me, fuck a weasel!
0: <laughs> okay, uh, chapter eleven. The next day, they go swimming. It's swimming. Uh, Beamer introduces Franny to some of the local kids. One girl has a copy of the new I Am Vine book, The Ghost of Creepy Hollow. They have fun swimming and eating the the snack bar food, but suddenly a girl is screaming uncontrollably. It's the girl from earlier who had the new I Am Vine book. She claims a ghostly figure is standing there, and it's too gruesome to describe menacingly as she continues to scream until an ambulance comes and takes her away. On their way home, they're listening to the news on the radio. Nothing about the girl, but there's a report of a boy who was hit by a car because he was running away from something in terror. Both kids seem to believe that this has something to do with the new book. More news around the country appears about kids freaking out into hysterics. Specifically on CNN, because, you know, Fox News is just too distracted with something stupid. But, um... Uh, (laughs) Not wrong, (laughs) though. Chapter 12. The kids start their investigation for Fine in Wimberley. They ask around town, and by lunchtime they have no clues. They stop for a sub and try a new plan of action of asking kids going to a bookstore or a library and trying the candy factory. They start with the waitress Joanne and ask if she has kids and she has one that adores the chiller's books. They ask if she knew I Am Fine lived in town and she's like, nah sugar, I didn't know about that. But she plans on asking the staff and anyone else about that. The waitress doesn't find anything out during that time but will continue to ask around about I Am Fine for them. Chapter 13 The kids continue their search at the library and come out with nothing. They decide to head back in fear that Beamer's grandpa might show up looking for them at the pool. They wait for the bus and along the way ask around some more. The only clue they get is that the barber, this is from the barber, who knew an Irving Fine back in the 50s. Apparently, they were a Russian spy who gave away US secrets. He died, however, in a car accident not long after he was found of espionage.
1: He was going to go on trial, I think, still. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I just... yeah, he was accused of it. Accused. He's guilty. This is America. He's guilty. So, he had Apache cheekbones. He's guilty. That was one of the <laughs> but no, of on. Cherokee. Cherokee cheekbones. Say that five times real fast. Don't. Cheer- Franny uh sorry, the barber doesn't know if Irving had a kid. Franny also finds out where the cute candy factory is and wants to try there next time. Chapter 14. They go to the cute candy factory. <laughs> They're able to speak with an older employee of the factory, the secretary to the ad- owner, Edna. She's afraid she is unaware of any connections between I Am Fine and the company. She, think it's ju- she thinks it's just a coincidence that they put the product in their story But we do learn more about Irving Fine. She tells the kids that he wasn't a spy but was accused of being one and was exonerated when the files about the cold war were made public. She doesn't have much else for the kids but does tell them to check his obituary to see if he had any kids. Chapter 15 The kids get back to town limits and eat at the slip shop where Joanne works. They meet her there and she has news she tells them what they know already. There you go. That's what I was saying about Irving Fine. But she also tells them that his kid lives in town at the Old Callaway Place on Pleasant Hill. She draws the kids a map of the location. Chapter 16. Now, you don't have many notes, do you?
1: I have a bunch. Just it's it's The way you've been putting the notes yeah. don't fit in with what I've been set, What saying. Okay, okay. That's That's fair. why? Because I've got actually like three pages of notes. Yeah. Because I've got another.
0: Oh, wow. Look at that. So, bravo to you. Uh, chapter 16. They find the house pretty easily as it sticks out as a sore thumb because of how dilapidated it is compared to the rest of the neighborhood. They approach the house and a woman with red, frizzy hair answers. They ask for I am fine and she's like, piss off. They try again and ask if she knew where he lives and she's like, nope, so piss off. I don't know why I gave her a British accent. I don't know why either. They back off across the street, planning a new plan of action. <laughs> they see the mailman arrive and get a plan. They're also
1: assuming I am fine as a guy. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm getting there. They decide to sneak over to see who the mail is addressed to. They do so, and it's for I am fine. And also, do the kids not realize that I am fine is probably the woman? <laughs> it's literally my note at the end of the chapter. I mean, it- it's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, K.A. Applegates. One who shall not be named. I call her Turf Superior now. I just call her the one that shouldn't be named. True. Either way, she's a cunt. Yeah. Nerf the Turf. Yeah. Chapter 17. They're happy to realize that I Am Fine does live there. I just want to clarify, it's not K.A. Applegate, she's cool. No, no, K.A. Applegate's fucking bomb. Yeah. She fucking slapped me, slapped the shit out of me. I a couple it for it. ago.
1: Yeah, I said, thank you, ma'am, can I have some more? And she's like, you fucking pathetic. Smack, 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 No, no,
0: she, she stopped me because she's like, ew, is this some kind of fetish thing?
1: <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah,
0: I'm a gorilla, ooga hooga. What the? <laughs> I'm Marco. And
1: then
0: she's like, you're not no Marco, you're a Cassie. She's the Marco uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm just gonna start back on this one They're happy to realize that I Am Fine does live there But they think the lady who answered the door Is either his wife or servant And is possibly holding him against his will Forcing him to write schlocky books A.K.A. the real story behind Arlstein. <laughs> they plan on breaking in when she leaves she eventually leaves, and they enact their plan by sneaking in through the back. They find an opened window, and Franny goes in against Beamer's wishes. She looks all over the house and finds nothing suspicious. Also, they talk about going to the basement, and I put, Stay out of the basement! Eventually, Beamer joins her in the search. They head upstairs and find a woman's master bedroom, a room with two twin beds that look unused, and then an office. They realize after a while that the lady is I Am Fine. OMG, a children's author with a pussy? What the fuck is this shit? That's my note, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Chapter 18. (laughs) What? Your your pussy? A pussy wrote these books? What is this? (laughs) Oi. What? I'm a boy. I don't want to read a book by a woman. (laughs) <laughs> it's too late. Oh, no. What kind of historical books did she write? She wrote a bunch. I looked it up already. Okay. Chapter 18. Franny and Beamer look through the office and find a manuscript for the next book. The Avenging World. A terrible title. What is with these titles? How is she selling books with these titles? I mean, it's the covers. Yeah, true. It's it's the Goosebumps effect, but at least the Goosebumps have good titles. Is that fair to say? No, that's fair. That, like, I mean, I might think "Brain Juice" is a lame title, but you know what? That brain getting jizzed on by purple juice is
1: kind of cool. It's gross. You, you you don't believe me? Go open that book right there and find it. I don't blame me. I'm not. I don't. It's not that I don't believe you. It's just the way you said it. Just getting jizzed on. It's what it is. They also find out that I am is shorthand for Ida May.
0: The kids also find a file called Doomsday that has her last will and testament in it. Let's read in its entirety on page 133, her last
1: will and testament, Sam. The last will and testament of Ida May Fine. It is my desire at the time of my death that all my worldly goods, including my money, stocks, and other investments in my two accounts at Merrill Lynch, my house at 1407 Pleasant Hill Road, Wimberley, Pennsylvania... Bitch, you just got doxxed! <laughs> to a, st- a place that doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: With all its contents, plus any future income from the sales of my books used for the support of my dog Jake, should he still be living at the time of my death, in the utmost comfort for the rest of his natural life. After Jake's death, I don't really care what you do with the remainder of my estate, with one provision. I have videotaped a speech, which I wish to have broadcast widely throughout the country. This will probably require the purchase of commercial time on television stations nationwide. The executors of my estate are to spend whatever is necessary to assure that the maximum number of viewers is reached. After that, they can get their greedy hands on my money to their heart's content. It really won't matter one way or another.
0: That's, that's her last one testament. This bitch, right? Am I right? <laughs> Fucking bitch. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's so mean.
1: She's... Well, you'll
0: see why in a sec. Like They want to view the tape and decide to take it. It's around 4.30 and they're not going to be able to make it back when grandpa is supposed to pick them up so they use her phone to lie and say they're at a friend's house and will get a ride home then franny hears a car door close they rush downstairs but are too late the back door slams and they hear the dog and the dog's nose they're there they rush to the bedroom and the two twin beds uh sorry they rush to the bedroom with the two twin beds and hide in the closet they hide in the closet He's in the
1: closet. There's two kids in the closet. But there's a midget in the sink. Sorry, I just wanted
0: to... Yeah, that's fair. It's good.
1: It, it literally has that kind of energy.
0: But it's no use. The dog finds him and so does Ida.
1: Beamer makes friendly
0: with the dog going like... And Jake's like... Uh. And Ida is off to call the police. The kids rush outside through the though and narrowly escape. Chapter 19... The pair has a rough time getting home, but they get there. They plan on viewing the tape when the grandparents are asleep. Just like how they masturbate when the grandparents are asleep. (laughs) they're, they're, They're old enough, they do it. They aren't sure of what to do if whatever is on the tape has something bad on it. Because if they do, it couldn't be used in the court of law since it was stolen without a permit. They decide to see if they can find a living relative. Because if there is something bad on the tape... They want someone to be able to talk Ida out of whatever it is she's going to do. It's, it's like she's going to fucking shoot up a school. Uh, <laughs> tell don't, tell they, your sister hey, not to
1: come to school tomorrow. <laughs>
0: don't come to school tomorrow. You're cool. I don't want you to come to school tomorrow. Uh, so they research her father and find out his death date so they can find his obituary quicker. They ask grandma if they can go to Philly with her tomorrow so they can hang out at the library and she's like
1: Okay, but you can go to the new grounds,
0: uh, 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 state uh, uh, offices because they're they're located in Philly. I mean that's fair. Yep.
1: They're a bunch of like
0: twenty year old dudes. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Probably around that time. They're youngs. They're youngsters. They're young, but
1: old enough that you wouldn't want your twelve year old hanging out with them.
0: Before they can do anything else, there's someone on the phone for Beema. It's Beema. Bima. Hey Beema, you wanna go out playing?
1: Do you want a potty platter?
0: No, it's Ida, and she wants her tape back. She demands that they send it to her immediately through the mail, and threatens them if they don't. And uh, and they have no right to watch it, or else she will call the authorities. So yeah, chapter twenty, they go and get Ida's wishes and watch the tape.
1: I mean, fuck it, they're already.
0: They already have it. so Why and not? She
1: can. They can rewind it. Yeah, like, exactly.
0: She how will it. she know? It it immediately disintegrates as soon as it's used. This table
1: self destructed
0: She admits to using magic to control the children with her books. In her newest book, The Avenging World, she will put in a message that you will no longer read again. It's apparently already worked as her editor is working at a tasty freeze. She plans on stopping all the children from ever reading again and collapsing the world with people who can do the most mundane jobs. But she hopes that it will create a new world that will be better than it
1: was before.
0: This is straight up some X Files shit.
1: Also, I want to point out the fact that it was—you know—where they can't, where they can't turn past mm-hmm. page sixty-eight.
0: I didn't want to bring it up, but it's fair. They will it's never. It's literally read on page, page six, sixty-nine. They, they were literally hit page sixty-eight, and then nothing.
1: They will never read page sixty-nine.
0: She's fucking evil, man. <laughs> that's, just, that's why she's the most you know, evil person we've ever read.
1: I just thought, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I wanted to bring that up because it's funny. She's evil. <laughs> evil! But imagine some kid flipping to page 69 and they're like, I don't, what, what's, what's, what's going on? I, I don't see anything. What's going on now? Yeah. Chapter
0: 21. The kids take the tape to the post office in the morning, but not before making a copy of it. They then are taken to the library where they go through the microfilm to find... Irving finds obituary. In the obituary, they find that Ida's mom also died in the car accident. But Ida has a twin sister named Iris. Dun, dun,
1: dun. would it it be Iris?
0: I thought it was Iris. I don't know. I I thought it'd be Iris like the flower. I don't fucking care. They think maybe Iris can help stop Ida from ruining the world forever. They try searching for Iris fine on the internet and find three... None of them are who they are looking for. They then try the candy company because Ida's dog has the same name as the old owner of the candy factory and think that it might tie in together. They call the company and get his phone number and then dial it in. On to chapter 22. Long distance. Long Yeah, you know what? They're paying. They're using a payphone.
1: After 7 o'clock, it's free. It's a payphone. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, true. They don't have cell phones. They're, they're using quarters. Well, I remember with the landline, it was still like... It oh, cost
0: extra for long distance unless ah. it was after a certain time. This, is, this But they're using a payphone, though, not a oh, yeah. landline. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. They get a hold of old Jake Peterson, and he's a kind old gentleman who tells him everything. That he knew the sisters, that after their parents' death, they weren't taken in by, by family, but were put in the orphan home because fuck their aunts. He also tells them that Iris was adopted without Ida... And moved to California. Poor Ida was left alone and was mercilessly bullied by the other kids in town Mm. due to her father's false accusations. She eventually moved away and went to college. They tell him that Ida is pretty mad at the world and ask if it's okay if they can call him again and he obliges. They hang up and never call him again.
1: (laughs) They just call Uh, him again and they're like, hey, everything's cool.
0: Yeah. They never do. No, they never give him a call back. Not that we know of. They, I mean... Would you call him back? Yeah, exactly. They hang up and aren't sure what to do next, as they have no idea what her twin sister's name would have been changed to, and Jake Pinnerson mentioned that the old orphan home had closed down. Suddenly, Beamer has an idea. Uh and Chris, can you put in the fairly odd parents Cosmo had an idea clip here? Thanks.
1: Wednesday, March twenty second, Cosmo had an idea
0: He didn't tell Franny what it is, but When they get home that night, he talks on the phone with someone secretly, and we're left with anticipation of what's the plan. The next morning, a car pulls up to the front lawn. It's their teacher, Mrs. Lamb. Chapter 23. Mrs. Lamb is Iris. (gasps) Honestly, I forgot her description on, like, chapter three. As soon as they
1: said that, I was like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, she's a redheaded lady.
1: The only two redheads on the northeast side. Yep. The northeast side of the country.
0: Redhead with blue eyes. With blue eyes. They show Mrs. Lamb the video of her sister and it really upsets her, but it convinces her to join their plan to stop Ida. They head to Wimberley, they get to the door, and at first there is no response. But Franny notices through the window, Ida staring angrily at the kids and then realizing who they brought. She opens the door and the sisters are reunited. The kids leave the two to get re- reacquainted and return back to Beamer's grandparents' home. They agree that they can't tell anyone about the whole evil plan, but can one day tell their grandchildren about it. And Beamer makes a joke at the expense of Franny and grows their ship dynamic. <laughs> Chapter 24 they, That night they have Thai food and play Trivial Pursuit. Then a call comes in. Beamer believes it's for him but it's actually for Franny. It's Zoe and she says they're moving again but the twins have decided they don't want to move and want to hold a strike against moving and want to know if Franny is in and she definitely is. She tell- she then tells JD about her adventure and they hang up. Then another call comes in and it's Mrs. Lamb. She was able to convince Ida to change the page that would cause Doomsday. She plans on taking taking Ida with her to Baltimore after they've spent some time together at Ida's house. Chapter 25. The new school year starts and Franny and Beamer start at the new middle school. It's so new there's no books in that library. That's That seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, okay. like, uh, Franny's weird but okay. Franny's family decides not to move after the strike. The new Chiller's book comes out and nothing bad happens though its popularity definitely dwindles quicker than any previous one. One day they visit Mrs. Lamb, who informs them that Ida is doing well and is happy to meet her new family that she never had. She's still upset at the pair, but thinks highly of them when she is told they did a report on David Copperfield. Imagine that, an orphan who likes Dickens.
1: I think she even says that. She's like, I think um, Fanny is like, or Franny is like, Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Also, there will no
0: longer be any Chillers books, but Ida does plan on writing again and without magic. Ida also promises to present to them. uh, Sorry, Ida also promises a present to them. A few weeks later, they find out what that present is. Kids no longer want to read Chillers books, but want to read David Copperfield instead. What a gift. The end. All right, Sam. Go ahead and go through your notes that you are not able to go through.
1: Okay, so. I've got... So, the lecture part at the beginning, because basically they say they've gone through the whole rigmarole of the parents of the... Well, it's hard for us, too, and you should, you know, that whole, like, spiel. I'm like, no, that feels exactly spot on with all the points she covers. Yeah. And then Dee Dee being the massive bitch she is, being the, like, sixth grade little bitch... Like makes fun of Franny's outfit that she thought was like she was rocking, but she's like, "Wow, you must really like that outfit because you've worn it four times." <laughs> Sounds mad because she's Franny, and I'm like, "Damn, that's a that's a mood of her like them being ashamed to ever wear it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh shit,
0: that's you."
1: Also, there's a little note when Dad mentions that the candy company that jelly of the jelly worms and that he like invests in stock and makes a shit ton of money. Yeah, from investing in that candy company. Mm-hmm. And then it has that other, where I'm like, damn, he was onto something. Yeah. And I was like, is Beamer our child? (laughs)
0: Because he's freakishly huge, or?
1: Freakishly huge and a little spacey, like I can be. Yeah. Also, good with animals. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. Long hair. And I was like, no, the house is. No, the dad has long hair. Yeah. The house is too minimalist, Mm -hmm. is one of the things. And then I made a joke when they were talking when she's like, "See, it's a hundred percent correlation. I'm like it's too small of a sample size,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> rookie social science mistake mm-hmm. and I put when they're trying to find who I am fine was mm-hmm. I'm like just a weird guy from Ohio <laughs> oh, that by the way, with like with the fight they mention on the internet where you can spend like forty bucks and find out where people live and who people like all this stuff, yeah. You can still do that. Yeah, you can still do that. I know, because I had to look up people for a previous job. Yes. Dox people. Mm -hmm. And I I made a stupid joke with the girl that freaks (laughs) out. Sorry, is there
0: a reason dox people, it sounds like you doxed people. No, I did not.
1: (laughs) I did not dox people. But, um, so I made the joke, because with the girl that freaks out at the pool, she's a swimmer. Mm -hmm. And then the grandma's like, I hate to say it, but I think it's drugs. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, she was doing PCP to get the edge while diving. Yep. Nothing makes you a better champ than being... Fucked up, fucked up. They're, when everyone's going, I've never heard of them. I've never seen them, and I'm like, could just be a weird recluse. Yeah. And then when they find out that the original I am or the original Irving Fine is dead, I'm like, he's writing and he's been dead for fifty years. Ooh.
0: I mean, that's a, that that actually is kind of scary when you think about it. Oh yeah. That would have been that would that's a that's a t- legit twist. Yeah. That would have been a good twist. I was gonna say that'd be. A good I'm not saying that this book doesn't have a good twist to it.
1: I was thinking that'd be a goose goosebumps. That's twist. a good
0: twist goose twist.
1: And I was like, Segue. I'm curious, just in general, about some of the connections to the to the red scare and a lot of like assuming people were communists Yeah. with anti Semitism. Because mm. I've seen a I've seen a correlation at least with some names. And like Irving is also another name that tends to be Jewish.
0: Yeah. But it's fine though. Not the way Wait, it's- wait, wait. Irving, Fine, and Howard. Howard, Fine, and Howard. You know who Fine is, and that's Larry from the Three Stooges. Larry Fine was a Jew. So. Bingo, bingo. I
1: would say probably not spelled that way, like how Arl Stein's on you know, the book. I, it's spelled like that. <laughs> but uh, is his legal name spelled like that?
0: Er, yeah, I mean, er. what's it called? Yeah, Larry
1: Fine was spelled F-I-N-E. Okay, so, yeah, so, there, see, yeah, my correlation stands. Yeah, I can't say for certain because I didn't research that. It was just a footnote I had. Yeah, but and then when there's a joke about a child molester on one of the pages, I'm surprised you didn't bring up.
0: I it's in my notes.
1: Okay, and I put when they were like, well, if it's some buff dude, you can run away. We can't take him, but if it's some like wizened old little dude, we can do it. And I'm like, sometimes the little dudes are scarier.
0: So technically, Larry, it's Larry Feinberg, but I mean, he went by Larry. Fine, I mean, though. you can also.
1: St- you're assuming they didn't shorten his name either, Or, like, it got Americanized, yeah. too. I'm Americanized! Because sometimes that will happen of the Anglicization. Yeah. A lot of Schwartzes became black. hmm So. Oh, and I made a joke when they were like, what's in the tape? And I'm like, it's for porno. <laughs> porno debut. The dumbest one, I know how much a bullseye is in darts thanks to Thanks to both Yakuza and Persona. Okay, so that
0: that was a jo- that was a what's it called Trivial Pursuit. I think you need to b- b- clarify why we need to know that. Oh Sam. yeah,
1: because when they're playing Trivial Pursuit, I'm like, I know how much that is, and I don't know sports.
0: Yes. Okay, so here are some of my notes. I doubt it, but I wonder if Beamer is a reference to Ricky Beamer from Calling All Creeps. I like how Beamer is building something while Franny reads to him. Like working while an Audible book is being read.
1: Yeah. She is the original Audible.
0: Yep. The description of the chiller book Mind Wave is like ten times more brutal than anything Arlstein wrote for a Goosebumps. I mean, in no Goosebumps, uh did a head viscerally explode in front of children. Though a monster did explode in the TV episode How to Kill a Monster, and kids get monster bukakied. <laughs> There's a moment where Franny goes to the library to research I Am Fine and looks at one of the Chillers books, and said it is super ragged, and I like that all too real detail. Yeah. Also, I never knew Nancy Jerry and the Hardy Boys were uh, ghostwritten. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was definitely a today I learned. Yeah. I only knew it because you told me.
0: That. Yep. This book teaches kids how to dox people, this book teaches kids about child molesters. <laughs> And, uh... I like
1: we both had those points, those yes, two points.
0: Yes, And before we get into our pairings, here's the random popular culture references from this book. In no particular order, and without any reference. Energizer Bunny. Rice Krispie. BMW Beamer. Kinkos. Nancy Drew. Anne of Green Gables. The Cat in the Hat. Hatchet. Newberry Award. David Copperfield, Tylenol, Bart Simpson, CNN, NBC, The X-Files, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, I Love Lucy, ER, Butterfinger, Dunkin Donuts, Sherlock Holmes, Coca-Cola, Martha Stewart, Stephen King, Misery, Kathy Bates, Secret Garden, Sleeping Beauty, Law and Order, Tasty Freeze, Kleenex, Trivial Pursuit, Alfred Hitchcock, The Bronze Bow, My Brother Sam is Dead, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea.
1: There's one more, by the way. Oh? Merrill Lynch is an actual investment company. Okay, that one I didn't know or care about. I just knew that one just. Is that really
0: read. a pop culture
1: reference? I mean if you say other brands are. I mean these have commercials on TV. Merrill Lynch has the bull. What bull? That one in Chicago, that big like.
0: What? I'm gonna pull it up. Okay. Well Sam, I'm. while you bring that up, I'm gonna bring up some of my pairings for all you folks out there who might want to pair something with this book. I have a couple examples. For one, the Goosebumps movie. I mean, the movie has Arlstein's creations come to life, and this book suggests that the writing of I Am Fe- Fine uh, works by the power of suggestion to make things happen. Kind of correlates with one. Sorry, I it's know. Wall
1: Street, but... Yeah, that's totally Wall. wrong.
0: Wrong! But it's still... You still got it wrong. Isn't a Sorcerer's Apprentice? Okay, so?
1: I'm saying The Merrill Lynch Bull is still...
0: I don't care. I don't, I'm not giving them free fucking advertising. Fuck them.
1: That's fair. That's valid. Sam, do you have any pairings that you want to bring up? Um, I was just going to say Goosebumps in general just because it's a direct reference. Okay. Um, I don't really have that much afterwards, honestly. Like, I just couldn't think of anything. Okay.
0: Then I'll keep going. The X-Files. I could see this plot working as an episode of The X-Files, like I said before. Yeah. Like, I legit actually looked up X-Files episode where author writes stuff to, you know, make people do things I couldn't find an episode, but I'm very surprised that they didn't do an episode like this. Yeah. Uh, hey Arnold, Crabby Author. This episode is about Arnold trying to get in touch with his favorite author and finding out she's a complete bitch and a loner. It shares some similarities with the authors being loner bitches.
1: I actually have one. Sorry, I just thought of one. Okay. I actually haven't seen it, but it's a similar thought with that. Uh-huh. The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. Because they're obsessed with these kids are obsessed with this one author and they ask like what happens after the book Mm -hmm. and they're like, and the author basically gives them this non-answer and they're all pissed. And the author's like, the fuck you want me to do about it? Fuck you. Finish with the book.
0: And my final pairing for this book is Bart of Darkness, the Simpsons episode that parodies Rear Window. Yes. I'm going with the parody of Rear Window instead of the actual, instead of the actual fucking movie. Uh, I chose this episode because it has a swimming pool, as well as as a scene where Lisa breaks into Flanders' house and tries to solve a mystery. I feel like it pairs well with this one. Yeah. Because yeah, of the similar scenes. Yeah. Alright, Sam. Sam, what's your rating and review of this story?
1: So, overall, I think it's pretty good. It's honestly, I think, probably second so far this year. Okay. Partially because January gave us jack shit. <laughs> Made a real easy last place right there. Yeah. At one point you told me it felt a little verbose in some of the prose, like mm-hmm. some of the descriptions, and I definitely agree, but overall pretty solid. And one thing I was just sitting and thinking, and something that kind of sits with, weirdly to me, mm-hmm. is it kind of goes back to that trope of the, oh, don't read the pulpy popular stuff. Yeah. Read the classics.
0: I, you know, I can give you that, yeah.
1: And, like, on one hand I get it, it like, the classics are important, and I'm not saying there's no merit to reading Charles Dickens or anything like that. I mean, the people
0: who say that they, like, they're, logical, they're they A lot of people say that they're glad that they read them still. And even Franny is not like, I don't read them because they're stupid. She just reads them because she, she doesn't read them because they give her nightmares.
1: Yeah. You know? No, I'm not saying, like, that bit is just more I, than... I think
0: that's more just digging into it. I
1: think the end of it, though, of the, like, oh, everyone wants to read David Copperfield now.
0: I mean, that's because, what's it called? She put in that fucking, what's it called?
1: Yeah. That just kind of sounded a little weird, but overall, I gave it a four. What was it? Four out of five Slytherin children.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, This book is a bit verbose at moments and it can meander at times. Going into things that aren't really necessary to the plot or even being, or even going too into things for the plot, but they do add to the charm of the whole thing. It's kind of a double-edged sword in all honesty. It's nice, but can feel like it's stretching the book, like it's trying to meet a page count sometimes. The characters of Franny and Beamer are a joy to read, and the world around them is fun. I found the story fascinating, and the idea of someone controlling children through Goosebumps-like books to be a good, creepy idea. Overall, it's an ex- excellent experience. That if I was a teacher, I would probably have kids read it. I would, if I were, if I was a Mrs. Lamb, I would put this in my 20 books you kids should read yeah. list. Uh, I give this book four and a half milk and cookies from a child molester <laughs> out of five. That's that's my rating right there. Four and a half.
1: So would that still be second place as well for you technically?
0: Yeah, technically so it's in second year? place. Yep,
1: Because Animorph still has it for me. I
0: still really liked Animorphs uh, number four the message as well. And yeah, well, yeah. there's our review. There's our everything. Uh, Sam, do you know what books you're reading next for Drunken Book Club? Isn't it?
1: Well, I know the next month one.
0: Yes, okay, so we are reading two more next month. There are, uh, there's no more books related for this, for this month, honestly. Uh, this is the last one of, uh, May, but we do have two books planned for June, for all you people looking forward to June's books. We're reading Judy Bloom's A Tale of, Tale oh my god Tale of a Fourth Grade Nothing (laughs) thank you Chris and we're also reading a random Sonic the Hedgehog book released in the 90s for Sonic the Hedgehog's birthday (laughs) so that'll that'll be a fun one honestly Uh, and those are our upcoming drunken book clubs we also have the random episodes kind of sprinkled in between so those will be fun alright Sam what, uh, I guess I should say our new socials and stuff. Socials. Yeah. <laughs> Social security number. 8674309852. <laughs> uh, I got it. I got it. I got his number on my wall. Uh, but no, our new socials are at DBC underscore pod on Twitter. And if you if you really enjoyed what you heard or want to hear more from us, uh, a bonus episode every week, as uh, along with all our old content, is available on this as well. Our Patreon is a dollar for everybody, and it is at patreon.com/slash/drunkenbookclub. Just felt like it was easier just to write up the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, you you'll get plenty of content on there. It's a dollar a month. And if you are yearning or even curious about our old content, all the links are going to be on there eventually or they may already be on there. I haven't started working on that yet because I have to still work on some other things first, but I am speaking way ahead of the time and this isn't even May yet where this this book is where this episode's being released.
1: Sam, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, sometimes Tumblr and sometimes on. Fucking Instagram, but rarely ever
0: <laughs> at Berserker Rose. And you can follow our 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 compatriots at Force Left Hander. Drop the E on Hander uh, on YouTube and Instagram, and I believe TikTok as well. Uh, he's got a new AMV. Well, it's not really new anymore. It's been out for like almost a month now. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's a good AMV he worked on. He makes great AMVs. And then there's also our other buddy Brandon, who you can find at at Aldrich Made, M-A-I-D, as in the sexy kind that you want in your house. Not the I made this kind inside of my house. Uh, you can find them at TikTok and Twitter. And you should definitely check out his, his TikToks because they are... They're they're, uh, they're comment-worthy stuff, But that's for sure. They definitely get the comments going. That's That's something I would say. Alright, Sam... Uh, do you have any song that you want us to go out on?
1: Not that I can think of.
0: I thought I had a song, but I can't remember it anymore.
1: I legit had one, but I can't. You might remember it later.
0: I might remember it later. Here's the song of this week. Bye bye